0: Hi there. This is the podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and thanks for joining me today. As you know, in this podcast, I intend to present all we need to know as Catholics. I have already talked about all what we believe, and I have recently started to address the liturgy of the Church and the sacraments. In other words, what we are meant to receive from God. And in recent episodes we spoke about the liturgy, what is grace, and why there are sacred things and places, sacred times, and consecrated people. So today we will share with you an overview of the sacraments, what they are, and why they are necessary for our salvation. In the gospel, we read how our Lord one day was walking through Samaria and stopped in the middle of the heat of the day and sat next to a well waiting for a Samaritan woman to come and so opened her eyes to the faith. She was coming to look for physical water to quench her physical thirst. But our Lord offered her a spiritual water that would bring eternal life with it. So we read in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And during the Last Supper, when Thomas asked Master, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? We read that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verse 6. The first example, we see how our Lord will give us a certain gift, a certain wellspring or a life that will be in us and reach up to eternal life. And in the second example, Jesus reminds us that he is infinitely more than a simple teacher. And therefore, religion, the Catholic religion, is much more than just a teaching or a philosophy. It is an interior life given to us to live. It is the truth and the way to go to heaven. So the religion of Jesus Christ, or the Catholic faith, is not simply a system of thought or a philosophy, not just a set of beliefs or moral principles or practices, like many other religions. There is a creed to believe, indeed, yes. And there is a set of commandments and moral principles, of course. And there are liturgical services that we attend, yes, it's true. But our faith and our religion is much more than that and much deeper than any one of those things individually. The word religion comes from the Latin religare, religare, which means to bind, to unite together. In this case, it is to bring together God and man. That's what religion does, to bring God and man together. So above all, a religion implies a relationship with God himself. We are loved by God, and we are called to love God with all our hearts. Moreover, God communicates Himself to us. He shares His being with us. He gives us a participation in His divine life, as Saint Peter says in his second letter to Peter chapter 1, verse 4. God has bestowed on us the precious and very great promises. So that through them, you may become shares in the divine nature after escaping from the corruption that is in the world. So up to there, St. Peter. So this means that God gives us a kind of divine being. He allows us to have a part of his divine life in us. And that is what sanctifying grace is. Through sanctifying grace, man is given a participation in the divine nature of God. But the question is, how is that grace given to us? That sanctifying grace, that participation in the divine nature, is given to us through the sacraments. And the sacraments also are means by which we know that we have received that grace. And that's very important as well. So the sacraments are those wellsprings of divine grace, those aqueducts, those pipelines through which the grace of God which flows from the cross of Christ and connects us to God, they give us divine life, giving us divine help, the strength to live our Catholic faith. They give us the power to become holy. So in these upcoming episodes, we will be looking at the sacraments, that is, the section of the Catechism, in which we consider what we receive from God and how we can worship God, our Lord, through the divine liturgy. Now, there are certain principles about the sacraments that are common to every one of them. So before we enter into each of the sacraments in itself, I want to address all these things that are important to understand what the sacraments are individually. First of all, what the sacraments are. The sacraments are efficacious, sense-perceptible signs of divine grace. So they have two... Two qualities. On the one side, they are efficacious, so they efficaciously give particular graces to the one who receives the sacrament. And on the other hand, second quality, they symbolize externally that grace that is given to us. For example, in the sacrament of baptism, we say we are cleansed of original sin, and that cleansing is symbolized by the water poured on the person, and we use water, Jesus Christ used water, because water is typically used for cleaning or bathing. So it symbolizes externally the cleaning and the bathing or the cleansing from original sin. A second aspect, or another aspect of the sacraments, is that they are necessary for salvation as a whole, because they open, up, they open us up to eternal life and they enable us to live out our faith. The compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church puts it very clearly in number 230. We read, The sacraments, even if they are not all given to each of the faithful, are necessary for salvation, because they confer sacramental grace, forgiveness of sins, adoption as children of God, conformation to Christ the Lord, And membership in the church. The Holy Spirit heals and transforms those who receive the sacraments. Up to there, the compendium of the catechism. Another aspect of the sacraments is that they are seven, seven sacraments, because Christ established seven sacraments. Neither the church nor any human being can create a new sacrament or can take away any sacrament so we cannot add nor take away any sacrament because the one who can do that is only jesus christ who is god they will be seven sacraments until the end of times and those seven sacraments are baptism confirmation the eucharist penance or confession anointing of the sick matrimony and holy orders So as we just said, another aspect of the sacraments and it's common to all of them is that they are instituted by Jesus Christ because only Jesus Christ, who is God and man, can institute such such channels of grace by which God promises to give us his divine grace. No mere man can invent a sacrament nor change its essential elements. Only Jesus Christ establishes and institutes, we say, the sacraments and determines the essential elements that make it a sacrament. And why is this? Because the sacraments have to convey a particular grace, and the one who gives that grace is God. And therefore, only God can make that connection between an external symbol or action and the grace that is given. Right. So only God can establish that connection permanently and forever. Another aspect of the sacraments, of every sacrament, is that they all have two elements by which the sacrament is made or created or accomplished, let's say. They have a certain matter and a certain form. That is, an element of this world, the matter, which with which the sacrament is performed, and then a form or some words and gestures which explain and give meaning to the sacrament. For example, in the sacrament of the Eucharist, the matter is bread and wine. And the form are the words of consecration pronounced by the priest. So both the form and the matter of every sacrament were established by Jesus Christ and the church has the authority to indicate what the proper form and proper matter must be for the sacraments to be valid. But they are instituted by Jesus Christ. If any person or priest chooses to change either the form or the matter, the sacrament can actually be invalid. In other words... Even if externally it might look like a sacrament that was celebrated, it might not be a sacrament at all. That would be the case, for example, if in the Eucharist or in celebration of the Mass, instead of wine, a priest were to use grape juice, and instead of bread made from wheat, he were to use some bread made from uh, some other thing, corn or, or rice, right? So in that case, the Eucharist would be invalid because the matter is not the one that Jesus established. Another element common to every sacrament is that they are efficacious by the power of Christ who works through the same action that is performed or through the same sacrament. Regardless, they are efficacious regardless of the devotion either of the celebrant or the devotion of the person receiving the sacrament. That is what we mean in the the tradition of the church by the expression ex opere operato so the sacraments are efficacious ex opere operato or in other words they are efficacious by the action that it, the action itself that is performed it is Jesus Christ then who acts through the priest so for example take the case of confession if the penitent confesses the sins and has the uh, repentance and resolution of amendment, and the priest gives the proper absolution, those um, sins will be forgiven. Even if the priest is not holy, the sins of that person will be forgiven by virtue of Jesus Christ, who is forgiving that person from their sins through the priest's sacramental absolution. And this is why we ought to go to receive the sacraments for the sacraments themselves, and not because of the sanctity or the power or the popularity of the priest, right? So we look in the sacraments and in the church for Jesus Christ and the graces that he gives us. Another characteristic of every sacrament is that each sacrament gives a particular or specific grace, which makes each sacrament unique and important for particular purposes. That's what we call the sacramental grace proper to each sacrament. As an example... The anointing of the sick gives us strength in the moment of suffering, and the sacrament of matrimony unites the spouses for life and gives them and gives them graces to fulfill their duties as parents. Finally, some uh, sacraments bestow a sacramental character. Only some sacraments, but they bestow a sacramental character. Character is an indelible seal on the soul of the person receiving the sacrament. It's like a spiritual mark that once placed by God on the soul, it will never and can never be erased. The sacraments that for such character or seal, spiritual seal, are baptism, confirmation, and holy orders. So this seal is a pledge or a promise of God's divine protection by which the recipient is configured to Christ and set apart to worship God and give Him glory through a life of holiness and service to the church. So this seal or character will stay with us for all eternity and will go with us whether we end up in heaven or hell. It will always be with us. We will always be a baptized or confirmed Christian. I will always be a priest wherever I go and whatever I do because I have that character of baptism, of confirmation, and of holy orders. It is, in a sense, that character, it is, in a sense, a witness of God's fidelity to his promises and his enduring love for us. And besides, because of this indelible character, the sacraments of baptism, of confirmation, and holy orders can only be received once in our life. And the fruits of those sacraments cannot be eliminated by any human power. So the seven sacraments under their particular purpose makes a lot of sense as they are a way through which God accompanies each person through life. So there are seven sacraments according to the different moments of the life of a person, right? So uh, the sacraments give a divine spiritual life that is generated, then it grows, it can be wounded, but it was also develops and is fruitful just as our human natural life. So in the same way that we are born and grow and can be wounded and then heal and then get married and form a family and then die, so too the sacraments accompany all those processes, all those steps in our life. We're giving divine life through baptism. Then that life is nourished, healed, and strengthened through the Eucharist, through confession, and through the anointing of the sick. Then it reaches adulthood through confirmation, that life of grace develops. It is fruitful and serves the rest of society through the sacraments of marriage and the priesthood. And finally, the anointing of the sick also gives us strength to face the most dramatic moment of our death, granting us a deeper hope in God's mercy and hope on eternal life. So, up to there, that's all about the sacraments for today. There's more to say about the sacraments, of course, but that, that's the, a summary of all that we have in our faith about the sacraments. So, in the next episode, I will start explaining the sacrament that is like the door to all those graces, the sacrament of baptism. A sacrament that is like the foundation for all the rest. In that sense, it's the most important sacrament, because without it, we can't receive any of the other sacraments. So thanks for hanging out with me today and make sure to join me next week as we start to address the sacrament of baptism. Also, make sure to follow this podcast and offer your prayers so that we may successfully reach many college students. If you can, please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and to rate us both in Apple and Spotify and to share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening. May God bless you and we will see you next time.